Welcome back to a uh, the second episode of the Tall Glass of Podcast. I'm one of your three co-hosts. My name is Mike. Today we're going to be talking about another co-host, Anthony. Anthony, we couldn't talk much about you if we weren't talking about baseball. Played a big part in your life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your early upbringing, a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Uh, baseball has definitely been a huge part of my life. Um, ever since I can remember, I, I was was playing catch with my dad or whoever um, and just gravitated towards the game and just so excited. Any chance I got to watch it, I remember going to my grandparents' house and staying up late and watching Indians games, you know, comeback wins and stuff when I would stay over there and, and all that and just was so intrigued by the sport, but then all sports too, you know, and I had the opportunity playing both football and basketball on top of baseball uh, throughout uh, my young, my youth career and, and into high school too. And, uh, but it just kind of gravitated a little bit more into baseball and it's pretty, pretty awesome that now I can say I, I work uh, in, in the game of baseball too for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. So high school was, uh, was an important point in high school for you, uh, especially your senior year. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was going in my senior year and I'm trying to figure out where I want to go to school um, and what I wanted to study in school. So, you know, I'm again, very intrigued with the sport industry, but didn't real, realize that I could maybe go to school for sport management. So what better way to maybe get a, a little taste of that than a senior project with one of the three major sports teams in the area and, you know, being from Cleveland and, and getting an opportunity to um, shadow the Cleveland Indians community impact department was the, the opportunity that I stumbled on. Thanks to um, my mom for one had a connection with the Cleveland Indians PR um, senior PR senior VP of PR, Bobby DiBiasio. And I actually had the opportunity to shadow him alongside the rest of the Community Impact uh, and Cleveland Indians Charities team. And what an awesome experience those two weeks were. Sounds like a good time, man. Sounds like a really enriching time for you, learning as you were deciding on uh, what you wanted to do as you got older. So take us after high school. I mean, what happens after you graduate? Where are you heading? Yep. What are you doing? What's going on with that? Yeah, so – not, not only did I you know, want to pursue a sport management degree, but I also, I really had a goal to play college baseball. And I, I, I put a lot of effort into that in the high school and I had the opportunity to um, play um, at Mercyhurst University. And it was a great experience there. Um, my freshman year, I learned a lot about the game and I got a nice, uh, taste of humble pie too with a lot of these uh you know playing and play I was one of the better team players on the on my high school team but then when you go to college you're like wow it's you're playing with all the the best players and they're older than you and these are grown men too you know as a freshman I'm going in at 17 18 years old um and these guys are you know 22 23 24 maybe even too some of them that might have like transferred and had an extra year of eligibility so um, you know, it was an interesting dynamic, but um, 
you know, I had, it's, had I, I accomplished my goal in a way, um, you know, playing college baseball. I've come to learn that Mercyhurst didn't quite pan out like it, yeah. like you thought it would. You ended up moving, transitioning. Uh, what was the motivations behind that? Yeah, it's, it was an interesting time. You know, I was hoping to play a little bit more or at least have the thought be considered, you know, later on as a junior or senior. And I just didn't feel like connected when I came back my, my sophomore year of college. But there was a very important event that happened in that freshman year into sophomore year uh, that summer. And so I come you back. You lost your virginity. <laughs> No, that happened before then, but um, okay. Uh, what, was that, what was that all about? No, not you, the digress, go, Michael. That's just not go back this, real quick. Kind of uh, talk about. about that real quick. That's what not what this podcast is about. But, so uh, yeah, so you're at Mercy. Hurts. Um, yeah, um, but yeah. I'm coming back to watch my high school baseball team play in the district finals. Um, and I, like I had to support, I wanted to support them. These are my buddies that I grew up playing with and stuff. So, um, but I, I got introduced to someone that was watching the game and I learned that he was a college baseball coach for a local college, uh, Baldwin Wallace university. And I started talking to him and say, Oh, I play it. You know, I go to Mercyhurst university and, you know, I like it a lot and stuff there, but you know, you know, I kind of liked it, but then I didn't like fully like it too. I wasn't like, I was just kind of, I guess, keeping my options open. So I took down his info and um, I'm glad I did because into the um, you know fall of my sophomore year, I knew something was missing. Um, I don't think I'm going to get the playing time one that I, I, I wanted. And I was missing home a little bit. And um, also a big factor was my academic advisor at Mercyhurst he w wasn't there my sophomore year. So just not getting, not connecting well with um, the whole situation there. So I ended up calling um, the BW coach, um, coach Merritt, Bob Merritt, his name is. And um, I'm really glad I did and got an opportunity to transfer back home and felt like part of the team um, when I transferred to BW. And once I got to meet the head coach, Brian Harrison and his, his coaching staff, and then the, the players that at BW. So I'm really glad I did that. So this is still college ball. Yep. We're getting close to the point at some point where you make the jump into an actual career with the professional sports team, the Cleveland Indians. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I ended up, you know, continue playing college ball at BW where my, my junior year, we, made it to the College World Series, and it was just an awesome experience. Um, but, you know, just like everything in life, there's, you know, you got to know how to hang it up a little bit. And uh, so I finished college in 2015, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I want to I want to still be in the game somehow. What's another way to do that? Well, coaching. And, and, you know, reaching out to my academic advisor and my head coach at BW um, and expressing my interest into coaching, a position came about with the Cleveland Indians Youth Baseball uh, Department as a summer camp coach. So I applied and got to meet the um, youth baseball manager, Matt Cada, and 
connected with them right off the bat in, the, in my interview. And it was an awesome summer of going around Northeast Ohio and being part of the youth baseball coaching staff and awesome, awesome experience and, and a lot of great memories from, from those, uh, those weeks of camp for sure. Yeah. So Anthony, you got your foot in the door. I mean, it yep. sounds like you're, you're, you you got every young boy's dream playing for the sports team that they grew up watching and grew up enjoying. And that's just an awesome feeling, I'm sure. Um, but you didn't stay coaching youths uh, for long, and it's not what you're doing now. Talk about that. And where did that go from there? Yeah, so uh, it, within that transition from college um, into coaching for the Indians Youth Baseball Department, um, I also applied for grad school. And a connection there was my assistant baseball coach at BW, he went to Seton Hill University and knew of a graduate assistant pro program with the athletic director and knowing that I was interested in sport management and being, you know, a good teammate and a, a respected person on the BW baseball team. He turned to me right away and said, I, I have a perfect you know, position for you to apply for. I applied for the graduate assistantship, applied for grad school at Seton Hill, received them both. And next thing I knew, I was packing my bags, head, head into Greensburg, Pennsylvania for, for two years um, for a graduate assistantship to uh, earn, earn my master's in business administration. And what an experience that was because I was the game's games management uh, intern or graduate assistant uh, and what that consisted of was working with the sport information department and the rest of the athletic department to run all the home athletic events Um, and I was actually responsible for a um, work work study program so undergrad students that were seeking some extra um, employment during their college years um, they got to work for me and uh, it was really neat, you know, going through scheduling, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, and working those events at Seton Hill. I'm sorry, I got to retract a little bit, but you're not working for the organization at this time. You're over no. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So. So you had worked for. There them. was only a seasonal position with the Indians. Right. Um, right. 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 So right, it was right. Just throughout the summer. But you kept your contacts, right? But I mean, these people they, still knew you. They understood you and and who you absolutely. were and your work ethic and everything like that. Very important. Um, yep. and you're over in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. how do you make your way back to the organization? Yeah. Um, and you, you hit it right on the head. It was, it, you know, I think it's very important when you, you understand you, throughout life, you're going to meet so many different people, right? But if you understand and, and you can connect to people that are similar to you, um, that have similar values than you do and look out for your best interests, then that's what it's all about. You know, you want to stay in contact with those people. And Matt, Matt Cato was definitely one of those people that I came in contact with during my seasonal role with the Cleveland Indians, um, summer of 2015 as youth baseball coach. And I just stayed in contact with him throughout grad, my grad school. I enjoyed what I did. I got to work different athletic events, not just baseball events, not just softball events, but football, you know, football games, lacrosse, field hockey. I got to learn a lot of different things. And it was just like neat experience there um, those two years in Seton Hill. But I knew I was missing something. And I wanted to, you know, come come back to Cleveland and seek an opportunity there. So stayed in contact with Matt. 
my last semester of uh, grad school, I reached out to him and said, hey, what's going on? What's new? Um, and what's, what's up with the Indians Youth Baseball uh, Department? He's like, actually, there's an internship position available. Do you want to apply? And I'm like, uh, yeah, like sign me up. Let's, let's do this. And they actually pushed it back a few months. So, um, it could, you know, once I applied and they, I went through the interview process, they, they weren't really hiring anyone when they could have in January. Um, and they waited until May and hired me and I came on board as an intern for youth baseball. So a different position, same department, a seasonal role and, it was only 11 month, you know, internship, but, um, it turned out to really work out for me because, um, later that fall in 2017, 2017, the team, the organization offered me a full-time position. Um, and I was jumping on that the next day. So I'm glad you said that, a seasonal internship Yeah, to a lot of people. Sounds terrible. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of wasted time. Um, especially this day and age where everybody wants to make a buck. I think it's important to yeah. uh, show willingness, which it sounds like you did, for an organization that you loved. Absolutely. And um, in the end, it came to uh, it came to be. Sure did, man. I mean, from 2017 to now, I've had so many neat opportunities with the organization and I always wanted to be involved with whatever was going on within youth baseball and community impact. So for the, for the viewers community, we see community impact as the overarching department and youth baseball falls underneath that. And then the Cleveland Indians charities help fundraise money for the different programming that goes on within the community impact department. So those three entities are all kind of interconnected um, within the, the club and I, any kind of events from golf outings to um, obviously the camps and youth baseball and softball initiatives that, that we put on, I wanted just to be involved. I wanted to be, I wanted to show the organ, the, my boss, bosses that I could get the job done and I could be considered for any task, any role, um, that came, came up. For sure, man. So it makes you a value to the organization. Exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. So you like what you're doing. You're enjoying the work. Do you want to talk a little bit about last year? Yeah. Or a lot about last year, I should say. Yeah, last, you know, last year, <clears throat> everyone had, can, has a story, I'm sure, has a, some kind of obstacle or setback that happened to them during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, the sport industry, just like any industry, we, we had to pivot a lot. And, you know, the, when we, when the organization made the decision to um, ask our employees to work from home, March of 20 mid-March of 2020, um, it was a huge adjustment for me. And we had to adjust daily on like our summer programming. Were we going to have camps? Were we going to have a hybrid kind of setup for them? Was it all going to be virtual 
kind of experiences uh, for just the camps. And then, you know, we support the, the Senate league, the Cleveland metropolitan school district. They had to cancel all their, you know, games and stuff. We were, we had all these events planned and we were just kind of adjusting month week, really day by day on if we were going to have these events or not have these programs or not. So it was like a lot of like in limbo last year. Um, but, you know, looking in the big picture or the overarching, obviously, organization, Major League Baseball, they canceled or canceled spring training and then postponed the season. And that was very, like, hard for us because, like, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to have any games at Progressive Field? Are we going to have fans at Progressive Field? Like, we just didn't know because of the situation. So it was – it was a hard time for the organization because we actually had to let go of seasonal positions. Um, I was blessed personally that my position, I continue working throughout the whole time. Um, but, you know, there was some adjustments to be made uh, for my role, but I felt horrible for the, the, the seasonal, the people that had seasonal positions that we had to let go of and, and, it was it was hard, but luckily we helped um, raise some money through the Cleveland Indians charities to give back to them um, in, in a form of a grant, so they can at least you know get some compensation for that. But yeah, and luckily Major League Baseball had a season, um, and actually uh, you know got to be a, a different got to have a different role during that season too. Yeah, man. Sounds like, uh, especially when that uh, that pandemic hit, sounds like they really valued you and they uh, they kept you on, um, which is something to say about your importance to them. And uh, definitely an uh, an interesting uh, path you've made. Um, what is uh, what are some overall overarching messages now? I'd have to assume that a lot of our audience isn't too well-versed in baseball, the rules of baseball, don't follow baseball. I know I don't, so this is all over my head, to be honest with you. But what are some overarching themes that you can communicate to the listening audience out there, ladies and gentlemen, that ring true? Um, as far as your experience goes. Yeah, definitely for those the people out there that are seeking, you know, in, in employment right out of college um, and definitely in the sport industry. So your college graduates or your, your college students try to try to get as many different experiences as possible and try to seek out, like I mentioned before, good people to, mentor and to turn to for advice and to to send and send those thank you notes and, and send those like just reaching out hey i'm checking in how's everything going with your organization and stuff like that just like trying to build relationships so so important um and, and part of that is like when you build those relationships you're you're considered by those people that have positions in the sport industry or in a position that you want to seek one day so that when an opportunity comes up, they turn to you first. 
For sure. I mean, Anthony, we talked about this. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy who is working in a different department who you might even consider has nothing to do with what you're doing. Yeah. You pass him in the hallways. That guy should always know you as a kind and genial person because that guy could be in a different department a couple of days, a couple of years down the road that you have interest in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, along those lines, I, I have a u- unique experience in 2020 where, you know, I, like everyone, we were adjusting. And when Major League Baseball decided to have a, a, sh- a season, but a shortened season and have some health and safety restrictions because of some of the, I, I think of the, I think this was the reason because of the hard work I put in as a seasonal coach, seasonal coach, an intern, a program coordinator, and, and taking on roles and responsibilities and always being raising my hand and saying, yes, I'll do this. I'll do that. I got asked by our vice president to assist in the clubhouse as an equipment manager and also help with practices at the alternate site for the Cleveland Indians. So every club, um, they had a group of players at a separate site last year that were like a taxi squad player. So in case someone got injured or tested positive for COVID, they can call up someone from this alternate site and fill that spot. So they were part of the active roster, but um, part of like the 40 man active roster, but not the traveling roster. So I got that opportunity. I got asked to fill that, that, that role last year. And what a awesome experience that was for me. And, and, you know, looking at how there were a lot of negatives into obviously COVID, this is a global pandemic that we're still going through. Um, I can say I have a silver lining in it because I got an opportunity once in once in a lifetime opportunity to work with player development guys, pitching, hitting field coordinators for the Cleveland Indians coaching staff, and then Cleveland Indians players. Yeah, they were what, would have been minor league players, but they're still part of the Cleveland Indians organization. And I got to catch them. They asked me to be a bullpen catcher. So I got the opportunity to every single day warm up with these catch, these pitchers will look at and watch the hit, watch the hitters work, watch the catchers work, watch the coaches interact with their pitch, their pitchers. And then, and then it's really neat now seeing some of the guys that I worked with last year, like a Tristan McKenzie, like a Sam Hedgens um, play and get their major league debut and then play and pitch, um, you know, for the Cleveland Indians, even some relief pitchers like a Nick Salen that that's doing really well. Kyle, um, a number of those guys that just are really, really neat. Kyle Nelson, that's the name, Kyle Nelson. Um, you know, I got to catch them every single day, uh, last, last summer, um, as they were playing in their sim, sim games, I was in the bullpen. There was at times where I actually got to play and not hit or anything, but I got to catch behind 
you know, in a live sim game, which was really neat. Try throwing out some guys too, but that didn't work. But um, it was just a once in a lifetime experience, and it would have never happened if this pandemic didn't go on. And also, if I didn't prove in the past that I was a dependable, accountable person, and I can get the job done. Opportunities, opportunities. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds like a hell of a ride. And you're still working for him going forward, so that's that's awesome. Jim, would you would you have any questions for the young man? Uh, no questions. I just have three observations that I think uh, are good takeaways from from the story. So the first one that I picked We're up is around questions at this time. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> the first one's around networking and. I think in a lot of circles, networking is a four-letter word. People don't, especially in the business sector, people don't like the idea of networking because they think it's kiss-assing or brown-nosing or, um, you know, you fill in the blank, but it's a, it has a negative connotation to it. And, um, you know, there's the adage, it's not what you know, it, it's who you know. And I would take it another step further to it's not who you know, it's who knows you. and that principle has rung true in your career from senior year of high school to freshman, sophomore year of college to transferring to another program and then taking that new program, building a secondary college athletic career, turning that into an internship, turning that into a graduate degree, and then coming full circle back to the organization. Um, it's all about who knew you and the work and the brand that you had built. And um, if you don't build your brand, circumstances and others will build it for you. And it's very important for, the, I think, everyone out there early on in their professional career, myself included, to remember that and to invest the time to ensure the right people know you. And they not only know you, but they know what your brand is. And that brand basically a reputation is what you want it to be or what you're striving for it to be. Yep. So that's the first observation I had. Um, I'll pause there if you got anything you wanted to add, but um, I mean, that's just so clear from, from everything you just outlined. Well, I, I appreciate that. Definitely Jim. And, and, you know, and thank you for like bringing that, to the forefront too, because when you're in the midst of it, you know, you don't really think of that. You, you kind of get on this cruise control and yes, and task oriented and stuff like that. But it's important, I think also to like reflect on these experiences um, and, and understand, okay, what, what did you do really well? What were some things that you could have adjusted a little bit? And then how do you make those adjustments next time? Because to your point, you're always marketing, yourself right life should be it's a cliche but life should be a, a running interview right you always want to present the best version of yourself in any situation that that life presents you and and I really do strive to to do that because I know how important networking can can be and you never know who's watching and who can who who can help you you know along the way yeah um, generally, I, I would agree with that statement. I think that there's a balance that should always be struck. And it's not necessarily you're looking for, in my eyes, the the best version of yourself to put out there, but instead the most authentic version yeah. of yourself and just being who you are. And 
if certain people or certain organizations or certain professionals don't like that, that's fine. No one's always going to, not everyone's going to like you, but it's, if they know who you are authentically, then you're not going to get lined up for roles, opportunities, whatever that don't fall into that wheelhouse. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, generally speaking, I think that's a good way to to look at things. Um, The next one I think is the, you know, you hear like the, the start with why idea um, or another one is find your passion. Basically, build a career around things that are the most important to you. And for a lot of people, that's really difficult. Luckily for you, I think it's been very clear from early on athletics and then more specifically baseball was the, um, was the focus. That was your passion. And that was, you know, the, the why behind it is um, developing others through, through baseball so that um, you can maximize your impact in the local community you live in. Mm-hmm. And um I think for those out there, myself included, where it may not be as crystal clear as that for what they want to do, instead find that perfect, you know, kind of cross section between interests and talent. Um, because if you're really talented at something, but you're not interested in it, then don't pursue that. You're not going to be happy. If you're really interested in something, but you're not good at it, then make it a hobby because you can't make any money off of that. So um, find that cross section. Anthony, you've done that. And that's, encouraging to hear and um you know we can only hope that other people out there have have found that that you know nice cross section between those two those two things and agree with that more man appreciate it i have a question yep what's your favorite baseball movie well i would have to be have to say major league i mean it's with the cleveland indians you know, story. Love Major League, um, but a. a I've never said, seen it. Is that with Charlie Sheen? Yeah, come on. I've never gotta, seen it. You got to watch that this this upcoming week or week. I'll think about it. No, Jim. What's your favorite baseball movie? I can't even think of one that immediately comes to mind, aside from probably Major League. It was that one. Um, <laughs> what was the one when uh, all the it's like set during World War II and all the um, all the baseball players are Private off, Ryan <laughs> are off fighting the war and they start like a women's league? Oh, and that's Tom, oh, girl. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> With Tom Hanks. That's yeah. a great one too. So yeah, it, yeah. I can't leave out Sandlot too. That Sandlot. Oh, yeah, that's it. Sandlot. That's Sandlot. I was gonna say Sandlot. Yeah, for sure. That's so. Tough. But let me get back to my third point before yeah. you decided to ask that <laughs> dumbass question. Um, so third point. Good. So there's a, a very delicate balance that needs to be struck between always saying yes and becoming a yes man and yep. losing control of your autonomy and career interests. And also on the other side of the coin, blooming where you're planted. It's a very, very fine line that I think professionals must walk um in in the business world of you can't say no to a lot of opportunities because then you're going to get passed up for stuff yep so you got to bloom where you're planted you're put into a job or a position you don't want sometimes you gotta you know suck it up and do it you can't fall into the other area where you're saying yes to everything taking on more than you can handle and then doing a shitty job at 10 things instead of a good job at two things yeah and uh you know, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are because I know you've grappled with this over 
you know, your professional career and where you are today versus maybe where you were a couple years ago? Yeah. Um, you, you make an excellent point for sure. Cause you, you can, you can get burned out really bad, really easily. And like, like you said, you're, you just, you can't put a hundred percent of your focus in on 10 different things, but you, you gotta, you know, have that equal balance. But I would say just in addition to that is I got to go back to you winners hang out with winners, right? Center yourself, create your, your core team to help and support you in a sense that you express what you're passionate about. And when you're getting your foot in the door in the organization, it's good to say yes to a lot of things. But when you start becoming a team member and part of the team and people know that you're around, find someone to express your your feelings with and your thoughts and and your why, like what you're really focusing, like you said, what you want to blossom into more and focus. Building that brand. Yeah, building that brand. And then you're, you're hoping that that person can help you get to that point. So you're focusing in only on five different things versus 10 different things and only putting 70% into those things, you know, and, and not, not a hundred percent of your effort. So it, you, people got to remember, we're not, we're not on this planet alone. You know, we're not on this journey alone. It, it's good to do things by yourself at times, but it's also, we're, we're, we're more powerful in numbers. And when you create a, a strong core team uh, and a good support group that can help guide you to, to your passions and, and what you want to do, then you're set. Yeah. Surrounding yourself. I mean, the whole thing we tell, you know, uh, young kids surround yourself with, with the right people. Um, rings true in your professional career too, because they're not going to give you most of the time. They're not going to give you, if you're with the right people, opportunities or roles that aren't in alignment with what you're looking to do long-term. They're going to look out for you. They're going to set you up with opportunities that align with that long-term goal as long as you've clearly communicated it. So um, yeah, some of the same things as a kid that we tell uh, young people, a lot of them still apply as, as professionals. So yeah, that was good stuff, man. Um, thanks for walking us through all those similar toll gates in, in your life. And um, it was like, basically, it was like another link in the chain. You know, this whole story you told was like, okay, this this chain link was connected to this chain link, was connected to this one through relationships and through um, having a reputation of the kind of person that um, you want on your team both literally on like an actual team and on like a professional business team. Absolutely. Anthony, I think the over, I think the uh, overarching arching message that you're trying to communicate to us is be the kind of guy that people want to uh, work with or work for the end of it. And uh, I certainly have learned a lot about the sport of baseball in this podcast (laughs) and uh, it's been very, very enlightening. Any final thoughts? Anthony. Nope. You've said it all. I said it all. I hope hope you as a listening audience has been more enlightened uh, by this episode and learned a little bit about our dear friend, Anthony. So I just want to take this time to say thank you. Thank you for listening to a tall glass of podcast.
Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.